Welcome to London Riverside Church Podcast. We hope you have a great day. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Now today we just have a bit of a prayer topic for you. Now when we think about prayer, we think about talking to God, but we don't always think about listening to God. Or sometimes we might over-spiritualize what it means to actually speak to God or what it means to pray. Now at the end of the month, we have a week of prayer. And if you're quite new to our church, then you may or may not already know that every January and every September, we host a week of prayer together as a church. So just to help us to prepare our hearts and our minds ready for the week of prayer that we have coming up. Today we're going to focus on this whole idea of what prayer means, what it looks like, and how that can affect our day-to-day life. Now, when I think about prayer, for me, I want it to be something natural between me and God. I want it to just be me and God communicating together. And as I speak about prayer today, I just want you to kind of have this little visual in your mind. Over here, I've just got my rug, got a beanbag, got a little pillow. And when I think about prayer, I think of something like a conversation between myself and Jesus. And sometimes we can, you know, use a lot of flowery language and we can say a lot of words over and over again to God. But Jesus warns us about this when he comes to earth, about not just talking so that everyone else can hear, but actually closing the door, sitting in our room and just talking to him. So as we speak about prayer today, this is the visual that I want you to have in your mind of just a conversation between yourself and Jesus. A couple of years ago, my husband and I got a new car, and I was really excited about this car, not because of any, um, you know, for those car geeks out there that know a lot about cars, not for any of the reasons that you'd probably think that I'd be excited about my car, but I was excited about my car because it had a built-in screen, which was really cool to me. That's why I wanted the car, because it had a built-in screen, and I could connect my phone into the car, and not only would it charge my phone, but it also would display whatever was on my phone onto the car screen for example, Maps or Spotify or all different things that you can get on there. Now, when we first bought the car, that is the reason I bought the car. Let's just remember that. And you can probably see where this is going. It didn't work, okay? It did not work. I plugged my phone into the car and it charged the phone and it looks like, you know, it should display the picture on the car, but it did not do it. And on the outside, you know, I tried to connect it again. I did what all good tech people do, turn the car off, turn it on again, see if that helps, blow into the wire, put it back in, turn the wire around. None of the usual tricks were working. So I went on Google, like you do, did a bit of troubleshooting, found out that it's because I had a fake wire. That's why it didn't work, because you need the real Apple wire in order for this function to work, I know. So heartbreaking. I had to order myself a new wire, and eventually it worked, and now I'm so grateful that it works both ways. Now, when I think about prayer, that's kind of what I picture. That prayer is not just to be a one-way thing, it's actually meant to be, and it's designed to be a two-way thing. Prayer is meant to go both ways. Prayer is us communicating with God. It's us speaking with him and us listening to him. I wonder when you pray, if you leave much time for the listening part. I know for me, I can find myself often doing a lot of the talking and not so much of the listening to God. Now today, the whole idea of this topic is to come to Jesus. So today's title is just come come to Jesus. 
And it's about the invitation that Jesus gives us to come and spend time with him. I wonder what your time with Jesus usually looks like. I wonder if you spend time with him maybe every day or every week. I wonder when you're spending time with him, what do you do? Do you pray? Do you read the Bible? Do you try and listen to his voice? I wonder maybe you can even start recognizing his voice if you've spent more and more time with him. Prayer is not and should not be a last-minute result. It should not be, oh, we've tried everything else. Okay, well, I guess we can pray. That's all we can do. We can just pray. Prayer should be our first pull of call. We should speak to Jesus even before we speak to anyone else or before we try and do anything else about what's going on. We can pray and we can speak to our Father in heaven about it. Prayer is also not something that we should just, just do just to get what we want. You know, over December, um, I went with my family to go and watch a landing at the pantomime, which is quite funny. And um, within it, if you know the story, you'll know they've got a lamp. And if someone rubs the lamp, then a genie comes out. And then you can request anything you want from the genie. And the genie just magically does it for you. Now, prayer should not be like that. Prayer is not something that we should do just to get what we want. Prayer should be something that we do to grow a closer relationship with Jesus. I picture just sitting in my living room with Jesus. When I spend time with Jesus, I just sit on my sofa or I sit in bed, my cup of tea, and I read my Bible and I speak to him. And that's what it should be like. It should be about building a relationship with Jesus. And if you've already got a relationship with him, about building a stronger relationship with him, about learning to trust him more. So the first invitation that God gives us today is to come and talk, to come and speak with him. Psalm chapter 27 verse 8 says this, My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me, and my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not turn your back on me, do not reject your servant in anger, you have always been my helper. Don't leave me now, don't abandon me, O God of my salvation. Even if my father and my mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, Lord, lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. I think sometimes we can make an excuse not to come and spend time with Jesus. Sometimes we say, oh, we're too busy, we're doing this, we're doing that, or we wake up with great intentions, but then we get our phone out and we get distracted, and then before we know it, it's time to quickly rush up and get to work or get to the next thing that we're doing. But God invites us today to come and speak with him. I wonder if you can hear his voice today just nudging you, saying, come and speak with me. Come and spend some time getting to know me. Come and spend some time and tell me about yourself. I want to hear what's on your heart. Jesus will never force us or make us spend time with him, but he invites us today to come and speak with him. Come and talk to God and position yourself in a place where you can actually hear from him. One of my challenges this year that I've just started is to not pick up my phone and go on my phone before spending time with God in the morning. And I was really inspired because one of my friends was telling me that that's what they do. And I thought, wow, that is what I need to do because my alarm (laughs) is on my phone. So I just kind of get up, turn the alarm off, and then I walk away from the phone, make a cup of tea, come and spend time with Jesus. And I'm really trying to get into that habit of not going on my phone until I've spoken to Jesus in the morning. And that's because I care way more about my relationship with him 
than I do with my phone. <laughs> and sometimes we can build this relationship with our phone and be texting and looking at emails and you know, going on social media before we've spent that quality time with Jesus. Maybe that's a challenge that we can take on today, to take up this invitation to spend time with Jesus, to come and speak with him. I love the fact that David in this psalm is saying, even if my father and my mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. And I love that picture that if I'm spending time with Jesus, that God is holding me close. That no matter how close or far anyone else is to me, I know that my Jesus is close by my side. And he wants us to spend time with him, not out of fear of what's going to happen if we don't talk to him, but out of faith of what could happen if we do. And I wonder for you today, what is motivating you? Is your fear motivating you or is your faith motivating you? Are we going to take up this invitation today to come and talk with Jesus? The second invitation today is that we can listen for God's whisper. We can listen for the whisper. I love the fact that God does not need to shout at us. He's not so far away that we can't hear him unless he shouts. He's actually so close to us that we can hear him when he whispers. And I love that today. James chapter 1 verse 19 says, Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And sometimes I think that even when we pray, we can kind of get this the wrong way round. And we can be really, really quick to talk, 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 and quite slow to listen. But God wants it to be the other way around. He wants us to be quick to listen and slow to speak. There's a story in the Bible about Elijah in 1 Kings 19, and it talks about what Elijah was saying to God, effectively Elijah's prayer, when he was in his lowest moment. Now the context of this story is that in the chapter before, in chapter 18 of 1 Kings, you're able to read these breakthrough, awesome, miraculous stories about how God is answering Elijah's prayers. And Elijah, you know, you can read it for yourself. Elijah prays for the rain and God sends the rain. Elijah prays for fire and God sends the fire. And then you would have thought that Elijah would be at this top peak point of his faith. But instead of that, he finds himself in a really low moment. 1 Kings 19.4, this is what Elijah was saying to God. He said, I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors that have already died. And Elijah's saying this when he's just laying down under a tree. Effectively, he had given up. He was really low. He was really depressed. And he's saying this to God. I wonder if you think that's a bit too honest. You know, what honest prayers have you prayed before? Or sometimes do we keep those things to ourselves and we're too ashamed to share them with God, I wonder. I wonder what you think that God's response maybe was or maybe what it should have been when Elijah said these words. Now, when I read it, honestly, it kind of made me laugh because I was not expecting God's response to be this. God sent an angel to Elijah to nudge him under the tree, wake him up, and tell him to get up and eat. That was God's response. And I just think that's laughable. You know, you don't kind of expect that to be the response, but God knew what Elijah needed in that moment was some motivation. God knew that Elijah in that moment needed energy. He needed food. So that's what God gave him. He gave him some bread. He made sure that he had some sustenance. Now, for Elijah, this was not enough in the moment, so he actually went back to sleep, and then God sent the angel again to nudge him again, wake him up again, and say again, get up, 
and eat. And this time it worked, and Elijah got up, he ate the food, and then he went on this 40-day and 40-night trek to Mount Sinai, which was also known as the Mountain of God. Now, when Elijah got there, you would have thought that, oh, this is the mountain of God. This is where he's going to meet with God. Let's see what happens next. Well, what happens next is that Elijah finds a cave in the mountain and then goes to hide in the cave and have a sleep again. Now, this is where we come to in this point of the story. Because Elijah, at this point, is being chased by the king's wife, Jezebel, and she's trying to basically hunt him down and kill him. And this is the point where we're at. Verse 9, it says, Then he went into the cave and spent the night, and the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and he went out and he stood at the mouth of the cave. And a voice said, what are you doing here, Elijah? He replied again, I have zealously served the Lord or God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. Then the Lord said to him, go back the way you came and travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Haziel to be the king of Aram. Now, I love the fact, first of all, that God, as I said, can whisper, and that we can listen to the whisper. What is not so encouraging about this story is that once Elijah, in verse 11, had heard God's whisper, and he had heard him say, come out of the cave, it took a wind and an earthquake and a fire before then God whispered again, and then eventually he came out of the cave in verse 13. I just find that fascinating, and I hope that if God was to speak to me, or he was to speak to you and tell us to go and do something, that we would respond a lot quicker than what Elijah did. I wonder what that time frame was. How quickly did that wind and the earthquake and the fire happen? How long did it take Elijah to be convinced that, yeah, I probably should go out now, see what God wants. And then even when he goes out, he like gets to the mouth of the cave. And it's not like he just comes into God's presence and he's like, yeah, I'm ready. He literally like puts his cloak up and gets to the mouth of the cave. And you think if God was about to pass by, and he said, I'm about to pass by, come out and see me, I think we'd all be rushing to get there, to go and see God. But why is it that Elijah, at this really low point of his life, was just going out to see God? If you read the scripture of that chapter just before the passage that we read, it actually talks about how quickly he fled away from Jezebel that was trying to kill him. And then we get to here, and it just says that Elijah went out to the mouth of the cave. And I think for me, this kind of shows a bit of a sad reality that sometimes fear can make us move faster than our faith. 
And I wonder for you today if that might be your reality, that maybe something that is making you feel quite nervous or quite fearful or quite scared, that's making you run. But then when it comes to spending time with Jesus, that maybe we just, you know, going out to the mouth of the cave to go and see God. I reckon that for me, if I woke up and uh, there was a spider like next to me running on my pillow about to climb on my face, I would get up pretty quickly. So why is it that when the alarm rings and it's like, yeah, we're going to spend time with God, okay, yeah, let's just go turn the alarm off, maybe put it on snooze, maybe let's have a check of something. Why is it that our faith makes us move so slowly? Like Jesus is inviting us to come and spend time with him. If fear can move us fast, then why can our faith not? Why are we moving so slowly in our faith when our fear is making us run the other direction? It's important to notice that Elijah thought that he was safe in his comfort zone of the cave. Elijah was safe, so he thought, in the comfort zone of his cave. The chapter before, we read about how God was able to send the rain when Elijah prayed for rain. God was able to control the weather. He was able to send fire when Elijah prayed for fire. And then Elijah finds himself in the cave where all of these different bits of weather are happening around him and he's experiencing an earthquake and he's experiencing the wind and he's experiencing the fire. And yet he waits for the gentle whisper of God before he moves. Are we waiting to hear God's gentle whisper today? Are we going to take up his invitation to come and talk with him? Are we going to try and listen to his gentle whisper? In our society, we so often listen to the loudest voice. But God's so close to us that he doesn't need to have a loud voice. He shouldn't need to. We should be attentive to his quiet whisper. God managed to give Elijah energy vision, renewed strength. Some of us in here today might need some of these things. And actually, we just need to spend some time with Jesus and listen to what it is that he's trying to say to us. And God will also be able to provide us with those same things that he provided Elijah with. So today, God invites us to come and spend time with him. God wants us to listen for the whisper. And God wants us to listen and spend so much time with him to the point where we actually get to recognize his voice. Do we recognize Jesus when he's speaking? Do we recognize Jesus when he's moving? Have we spent enough time with Jesus to really get to know him on that level? In our church, we have one of our values, which is to be relational. And the reason that's one of our values is because God started that all off. God was the very first one that was relational, and he wants us to follow in his footsteps, building a relationship with him, and also building relationships with friends around us. You'll notice that one of the things that um, God told Elijah to do was to go and anoint the next prophet, was to go and tell the next person that they were going to be king. God sent him actually to three people to go and pass on a message to, and then those people were able to fight for the same cause that he was fighting for. And sometimes we feel so maybe lonely, or we feel so lost, we feel on our own, but God is there. We feel so isolated, but God has people that he's put in a place for a reason in your life. He does not want us to do life alone. The third thing is that 
we should recognize Jesus. One of my favorite invitations in the Bible that Jesus gives us is to come and have breakfast with him. That's what I love, because he invites his disciples to do that. And honestly, I think that he wants to extend that invitation to us as well, to come and have breakfast with him. You can find this story in John chapter 21, verse 4 to 13. It says, early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus yet. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were able to haul in the net because it was, had a massive amount of fish. The disciple who Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not too far from the shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with the fish on it and some bread. (laughs) I love that. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you've just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even so many of them, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them and then did the same with the fish. Do you recognize that story? Do you recognize the fact that Jesus did this when he was choosing his first disciples all those years ago? If you look in Luke chapter 5, it's a very similar story when he was first choosing his disciples. And this is like a reminder to them that he still wants them. This is a reminder to them that it's still Jesus. I think maybe Jesus could have just gone and said, oh, you haven't caught any fish. And they would have just thought he was some random person pointing out their life issues. But Jesus isn't someone that just knows what your problems are. He's someone that can actually do a miracle for you. And perhaps there's some of us today that need a miracle from God. Perhaps there's some of us here today that read that story and you just think, wow, that is amazing. I wish that God could provide for me like that. I wish that God would come through for me like that. Well, he can. And we believe in the power of prayer. We believe that when we sit with Jesus, that there is power in the conversation that we have with him. It's not just asking for things. It's not just spending time with him just because there's power in Jesus. But it's building a relationship with him to the point where we actually trust him. Building a trusting relationship with him. I love the fact that Jesus did this miracle to remind the disciples that he was alive, that he was there with them. I love the fact that Jesus did this miracle and then they were able to recognize, wow, this is really Jesus. And they were able to do that because they'd already spent time with him. They had spent time with him, seeing all the awesome things that he had done. They spent time with him, hearing how he spoke to people. And that meant that when it came to it and they needed a miracle, they could recognize Jesus. Perhaps some of us this week can take on the challenge of the invitation. Perhaps some of us this week can just spend a bit more time getting to know Jesus so that when he speaks to us, when he says those whispers into our heart, that we recognize it's his voice and not anyone else's. I wonder if some of you here today perhaps are feeling quite low 
like Elijah was. And maybe some of you just need a reminder that God knows exactly what you need, that God has a vision for your life, that he's got a plan for your life, that he loves you so much, and that he wants to just sit down and spend some time with you today. Sometimes we can be in such a rush, but Jesus invites us today to come, to come to him, to sit with him, to speak with him, to listen to his whisper so that we can recognize his voice. I wonder, church, if we could just stand together today. I'd love to pray with you. If you're here today, and you would really love to start a relationship with Jesus and you, you don't normally sit down with him and you don't normally talk to him and you don't even know where to start with talking to him maybe, then I wanna pray with you today that you can start a relationship with him and build a firm foundation in your faith. And if you're here today and you're feeling a bit like Elijah and you're feeling maybe a bit lost in the middle of nowhere, you're feeling a bit isolated or lonely for whatever reason, if you're feeling depressed, God wants you to know that he's here with you today, that he sees you, that he cares for you. And we can speak to him about how it is that we're feeling. Jesus, I wanna thank you so much that you want a relationship with us. I thank you so much that you have constantly been my friend. I thank you so much that for every single one of us that is listening today, that you have been our friend, whether we've realized it or not, that you have been right by our side, that you've been a constant in our life, that you've been faithful to us. And God, today, for anyone that doesn't have a relationship with you yet, for anyone that feels maybe far from you, for anyone that's maybe been hiding in a cave like Elijah was that just needs to come out, and see what it is that you have planned. God, I pray for courage for them today to invite you into their heart so that they can start a relationship with you from this day forward. God, I pray for those of us today that are just feeling really down, that are at a really low point. God, we thank you that you are with us. We thank you that you see our heart. You see all that we're feeling. You know all that we're going through. We thank you that we can be honest with you about these things, that there's nothing we could ever tell you that's going to shock you or make you turn your back on us, but that you're right there listening. God, I pray that for every single one of us, that today we are going to come and talk to you. I pray, God, that you're going to make us attentive to what you have to say. I pray that we're going to learn how to listen to your whisper, to not drown it out with the other loud noises and loud voices that are speaking into our hearts, but to always be attentive, first and foremost, to your voice. And God, I pray that you're going to help us to recognize you, recognize what you're doing in our hearts and in our world, to recognize your voice when you speak to us, to recognize when it is that you are moving amongst us. God, we thank you so much for the privilege that it is to know you and to be your friend. And God, I pray that every day we are going to make some time to sit and eat breakfast with you, to come and talk with you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. That's all from us here on our LRC podcast. If there's anything else you would like some more clarification on, or you would like to take the next steps in your journey, then why not head over to our next steps page at londonriversidechurch.com forward slash next steps. That's all from us here today, and we hope you have an amazing week.